This is Pamela Nelson with the Grounding and Growing Leadership Podcast, powered by Align. And this is episode number 23. We're really excited to be back with Melissa Shanahan from Velocity Work. Today, we're diving into the work that goes into leadership. You need to take action, and sometimes that action feels like growing pains. Well, take note of the progress you have made, and remember that you're a lot closer to the peak than you realize. If you feel like you're stuck, this is the episode for you. We have actionable plans for you to do the work of leadership. Welcome to the Grounding and Growing Leadership Podcast, where everyone is a leader and leadership starts with you. I'm Tara. And I'm Pamela. Thank you for listening and inviting us along on your leadership journey. Welcome to the Grounding and Growing Leadership Podcast, where we today have Melissa Shanahan back for the second time because we enjoyed talking to her so much a few weeks ago when she was on. Welcome back, Melissa. Thank you. Yeah, this is great. Part two. Part two. We, there is so much more we knew we could talk to you about. For those of you uh, who didn't get a chance to listen to uh, our episode with Melissa a few weeks ago, please go back, find that episode, listen to it. You will not regret it and you'll get some handy tips on how to fly. Uh, but Melissa is the founder of Velocity Work, working with law firms across the country. You've helped hundreds of law firms grow through your powerful frameworks for helping them gain clarity, for cadence, giving them a cadence of accountability and really coaching them towards success. You're also the host of the Law Firm Owner podcast. You're an extremely effective coach and we are thrilled to have you back. Thank you so much. This is great. So Melissa, last time we were talking about the work that you do to help businesses grow, and where we ended up really going with that was talking about, you just got to put in the work. Like you, you have to have a plan, but then you have to work the plan and you really just need to figure it out. It can be hard to figure out what to do mm-hmm. with your business. And you really, for the last couple of years, have been walking that out in your own business. And Melissa, you come along and you do strategic planning for other law firms and things and help them walk through these quarterly. But who does this for you? As you growing your business, what has felt like it's been easy to implement? And then what are some of the things that are challenges for you as a business owner? I know and trust how I think about people's businesses and how objective I can be. And so a third party matters to me. And I'm on the hunt for someone who I really feel like can be that. And we're getting closer. And we've actually had some good solutions in the past. I hired a fractional COO last year about this time. And that was extremely helpful. Someone I trusted and I knew and I was right. Like it was very useful. It it was a short-term contract and he was doing a lot of other things. And so it made sense to just stop. But how valuable facilitation is. And I know that. So I'm always trying to figure that out for business growth in general. My team has grown over the years, which is part of strategic planning. Like you plan for that, right? You plan to make certain hires and, and invest in that. And it has grown. And not just necessarily the people that I have, but the roles have grown. We have grown in terms of the number of people that we serve and the methods of delivery and all of that. One thing that stands out to me, we're talking about facilitation. And on the last episode, we were talking about how I've been in a period of my life where it felt like I was fumbling around. And 
it was learning and it was growing, but it doesn't feel like clean learning in the minute, middle of it. It feels like you are fumbling around trying to figure yeah. out what your next step is. And that was really hard. And I don't necessarily want to go back to that. But we all are going to have those times in different areas of our life. And I am in one right now with leadership and team. I know how to grow a business, but it's very hard and it feels slow, frustratingly slow in terms of a learning curve for me with being a great leader. I have enlisted you guys. <laughs> You're the facilitator for this piece of something that feels like I'm fumbling around and having you guys come in and be helpful with that and provide structure and expertise. I'm so grateful for where I am and the ability to invest in that and have you guys as a partner in that makes all the difference right now. So I don't know if I'm totally answering your question or if it feels like I'm all over the place, but it really has been an important part of our growth and having facilitation with leadership and team in particular, because it's not my forte. Yeah, it would be. It's definitely not at the moment. Well, I think a lot of times, especially for entrepreneurs, people who are starting businesses, you get started because there's something in you that wants to create mm-hmm. and wants to project this exciting idea into the world and make it work. And those set of skills are sometimes different than our leadership abilities and skills. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you don't have those abilities. It's just that they maybe haven't gotten the attention and development that they've needed. And I think that happens for individual contributors moving into leadership all the time. There's no handbook for this. It's not a process that you follow. It's a whole realm of learning and growing. And then it's a little bit personal to you. And it's certainly personal to the people you're leading. So it's complex for sure. When did you know that leadership was something you needed to tackle or you needed to think about? Like when in in your business growth? Did you start thinking about that? I I have known since the beginning of this and like with my first assistant that I need to tone it down. Like I need to be careful with my words and because I move 100 miles an hour and it's it feels hard for me to slow down to tune in with other people. There's been a lot of like back and forth in my head about from the beginning with the first person I hired. and. So I have phases where I've been better at that. But there's phases where you're like really good at it and you like get it reined in and you're really proud of yourself. And there's phases where you're a little more unconscious and you're just doing what you do. And that's what it felt like with this was like, it was so hard. It felt hard for me to get around this connection piece with the people who worked with me. I didn't feel disconnected. I felt neutral to me. But to the people who were working for me, it was clear at points that like, they, they do feel disconnected. And I did not know how to fix that in a sustainable way, in a way I could build on. I knew how to fix it, to use willpower to fix it, but that only lasts so long. So I've known for a while that like, that's not been a strength of mine. And I really was surprised. Relator is in my top strength. And I think I thought that, well, I can relate to anyone. I, that's been a gift since I was little. But when it comes to my team, it feels very different for some reason. It's always been an awareness for me. But as my team has grown, it gets louder and more and more in your face. Something needs to, I need help. (laughs) (laughs) Most leaders do. And Melissa, to be fair, your strengths, relator individualization are your top relationship building strengths. So that combination, highly 
insightful and intuitive around understanding people. So you do understand people and you have several high driving, intense themes, achiever focus, significance, activator. So you want to go, you want to go now and we all need to be running together. And it sounds like one of the challenges you've run into is how do you get everyone running with you and at the same speed, right? Yeah, that's a really good way to say that. Yeah, that that clicks something for me in my head when you said that. I, I guess the only the thing I was gonna say that the top two strengths that you mentioned, I do think that I could sniff it earlier than maybe someone who doesn't have those strengths in the top five. Like I knew early on, like this is gonna be hard, but I didn't know how to fix it necessarily. I don't know if business owners that are listening to this can relate to this or not, but I believed that I could have figured it out if I had the space to give to it and to sink into that as being the like main focus, that was not going to happen. I had my focus, my bandwidth was taken up by growing this business and pushing at that. So that's why having someone like you guys as a partner is like, it takes the cognitive load away from me from having to figure it out having to try to become the experts. Yeah, oftentimes, as we've even met together with your team, we'll use examples of just a physical team or a track team or getting that same sort of coaching that happens within the physical realm. And as you're speaking, Melissa, in my mind, what came to the picture was a relay team, Mm -hmm. that, that passing of the baton and the goal to be able to get to the end and to have someone watching that handoff and that preparation for the handoff for the next person to take it. But ultimately, it's to win that prize and finish well and go further faster. It's difficult to be able to observe yourself while you're in the race (laughs) and then to know how the other person is showing up because we show up as whole people. I just love, again, that you recognize like my focus is here and I'm going to have a blind spot. We all do. That's why they're called blind spots for a reason. And it may feel like because of my strengths, I'm not understanding why this person in position three isn't able to take the handoff. Why is she always dropping the baton or he? And and that shows up in a a lot of different ways. And so to have another set of eyes Uh on how to do that in an effective way is just the great way to bring in a partner. And I think what happens is when we're running that race, and this is every leader listening, you all at different points feel like you're running in a race. Right. So when you're running, it's really easy to think, I do not have time to stop. Yeah. I do not have time to run slower. I do not have time to to turn around and figure this out. I use the the quote all the time that flow is smooth and smooth is fast. Mm. Sometimes to get our teams running together, we have to go a little slower so that we're all getting there together so that it is smoother. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, as you've been figuring this out, what has been the biggest learning or aha that you've had since you've been doing some of this work around your own leadership? There's been a lot. One of the ones that's more recent is realizing that my business is at a point where I literally cannot do it alone anymore. And I don't know when we pass that. But I'm talking like if I was going to work 80 hours a week or 120 hours a week, which, you know, I used to do. If I was going to work that much, it's still, I wouldn't be able to do it, which no one wants to work like that. And that's going to not going to work anyway. But just to make my point, I don't know when that line got passed, but it's out of my hands a bit. And the 
definition of trust that I learned from you guys from Charles Feltland's book. Choosing to trust is choosing to risk making something you value vulnerable to another person's actions. That threshold has been extremely difficult for me. Mm-hmm. And I know certain people just have trouble delegating. No, I don't. I do not have trouble delegating, but I have a lot of anxiety around what comes with delegation. And so I do delegate, but there's a lot of anxiety around the results from that and wanting the results to be like the way that they should be. And that's hard. Like I have to redefine the way that they should be. And I have to, to some extent, Sometimes there is, this is exactly what it needs to look like. I haven't ever considered myself fully, for some reason, a perfectionist, but there's something there where it's like knowing, accepting that it's not going to be a very specific way every single time from every single person in your organization and being able to accept that, influence it the way that I can influence it and move on has been really hard. And I've had a realization somewhat recently in a workshop with you guys that I have never, ever relied on anyone around me for anything important to get a specific result. I I have self-reliance entirely. And that has taken me quite far in life. (laughs) And now I can't do that anymore. So it's like the winning strategy, I have to scrap it. And that feels very difficult. Because it feels like fumbling, like in the dark. I don't know how to do that if I'm not the one pulling the levers to get the results I want to get. Other people have the opportunity to do that. And it doesn't look the same way. It's not going to. It makes my insides like spin. So, Melissa, you're identifying something that I think is primal for a lot of leaders and a lot of small businesses. We get to the end of our own capacity and we're a little surprised that we got there. Yeah. What do you mean we're at the end of our capacity? I thought I could just keep going, just keep driving. And then to build something that, build a a team structure that will help you scale and sustain in some ways a completely different model and plan from what got you to where you are today. And I'm sure that in the businesses you work with all the time, like what you've got you here isn't the same thing that's going to get you to the end of this space, but it's not easy. Mm -mm. You have been incredibly courageous in the work that you've done and the work that you continue to do and you've stuck with it. And I think that's really admirable. What has driven you to stick with it regarding this work around leadership that is humbling and hard? Almost how painful it is to try to stick with my old way of operating because it is constant friction. Like it's relentless friction with when I'm trying to hold the way that I've always operated before. Now it doesn't work. So I think the pain of experiencing that and feeling like I'm beating my head against a wall and it's okay, something has to shift and It is to do with the team. I don't know what I'm doing with the team. I know how to be a nice person, but I don't know how to be a nice person and let's go. Like everybody run, like just move your feet faster. That's what I want to say. And and don't trip. (laughs) Not that easy. That's my solution is turn around and look at people and just be like, just one foot in front of the other, just faster though. That's not how people work. I think a lot of people expect to learn about leadership And Pamela and I run into this all the time. They want a set of skills and boxes to check off. Yeah. Like 
when have I graduated from this leadership thing? And when will I start seeing results? Like they want a timeline. And it really is pretty unique to each person. And so you talk about the principles for the work that you do in strategic mm -hmm. planning. There are a lot of principles we use, but we're bringing in different ones at different times to meet people where they're at. And so there isn't just this handy guideline that you can follow. Yeah, I just want to honor to you, Melissa, the fact that you are living in that tension of seeing and hearing people well, and yet also challenging them to take that and not to coddle them in the things that are challenging for them at work or personally, but then also to maintain that growth mindset for them as well as you. And I think you do that by your vulnerability, by saying, hey, I am also learning in this space about how to be a better leader. And so I'm not always going to do that perfectly. But as I'm challenging myself to live in that tension, I need to be seen and, and safe and given permission to learn as I go as a leader. I'm also going to challenge you, team, that we hold this space of tension of, yes, it is challenging. And yes, we do see things differently. But ultimately, that doesn't make me good and you bad. It just means that in this space, we have to decide what is going to give us the best solution and the best outcome and honor that sometimes in the tension, that means that it's you go the way that I'm asking you to, mm -hmm. um, or I've listened to you in that space and it's, you know what, you're right. The way that I've always done it isn't going to get us there. Mm -hmm. And that handoff, again, of that baton, I'm going to give that to you and I'm going to champion you to do it your way and, and live in that tension until it actually starts to feel like we're doing this without even thinking. And so I just want to honor that tension in that space that leaders live in of, of hearing and seeing and yet also challenging that we have to take those next steps. And I do need to see and measure that's happening. Mm. The tension is such a perfect word. I'm very visual. Like my brain, maybe everybody's brain does this. I conjure up images. Images happen as people are talking. And it feels like where I am with all this, you said what keeps me going, is there's a, like a wide path that I've always been on. And I'm just in that flow. It feels like a flow. And I have an opportunity to veer right into a wormhole. And that's what I'm doing. Like, I am going into the wormhole and I'm going to come out the other side. And the only reason I think that th this image exists for me in my brain is because, oh, we've been here before, just with different areas of life. To get to the other side, you got to go through this passage of learning and it's deep. And it doesn't have to be all consuming, but there's something about it. I do not like that feeling. It's tension. I, I don't enjoy it at all. I don't know if people do or if nobody does. I do not enjoy this. I enjoy getting better at something, but it is painfully slow. Even though I've put so much time and focus and inquiry around all of this, I can't believe it's not further. And I want to say that's the process of the planting seeds of doing something and seeing something in a new way. Yeah. It, wants, it has to push up through a lot of crap before you see the, the seed actually implementing and almost it's like a pulling back, like a pulling back on a racket, like a tennis racket, because you need that momentum. Yeah. And well, you're moving forward and you're busy, but there's a place as a leader that you have to take your team and pull back to be yeah. able to release to go further faster. And that's where you're at. Yeah. And I don't know what the other end, it's not like we're ever done. I don't think I've ever done learning, but this like 
the learning curve feels so steep right now. And I'm shocked by it. I, I really am. I am shocked by it. The only other times I felt like this are the one I talked about before in the episode. And after having a child, that's the other one. Like, you feel like you're in a wormhole. That learning curve, that is the steepest learning curve I have ever been on. And you get through it and you're like, wow, I can't wait to get to that place where I feel like, oh, here we are. We still have a lot of learning to, to do, but oh, okay, here we are. A little more comfortable. You'll get through it when you're a grandma. Like when you, when you get to do it over again, that's when you get to do that. Oh my God. I always say leadership is the most humbling thing you can do. And I have three kids. So yeah, leadership is humbling if you're going to do it well, uh-huh. because it requires us to show up vulnerable and willing to learn, but also trying to hit goals. And, and there's measures of success that in business that we have to, that we have to hit. We don't just get to show up and yeah. not do those things. So we have the work of our business. Plus we have this extra work in terms of leadership. And it's really easy. And you've seen them, Melissa, leaders all the time who just opt out. of them. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. often they're confused about why they aren't making progress uh-huh. or they don't care about culture and they just create a toxic workplace where they're okay with the impact that they're having on people's lives. They're okay uh-huh. that impact isn't positive. And so you have a set of core values that you operate by yeah. that also keeps you accountable to the kind of workplace you want to be. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons I know that you do this work because you could operate differently. Yeah. And burn through more people. Or or I could st- or I could scale back, stay smaller. I cause I think about that a lot. That there are people and I don't have judgment on it. Everybody has a right to make the call that feels right to them. And it does depend on your values, right? But but there's something stacked in me about my values. It would feel wrong, like out of integrity to scale back my business because I can't figure this out. And for some people, I could see where that would be a choice that feels really good and healthy. And because the situation is different, the values are different, whatever. So this really is not to say that this is what people should do, or I think that people should line up like this. But for me, my business is growing and I can meet it and I can like honor that and do the work that it takes to allow that to keep unfolding. Or I can cap it and keep it small. And because really, truly, the only thing between me and like where this is going is a team that allows all of it to happen. So I guess I could put a governor on my business, so to speak. I don't know if a client used that with me, but on a car, you have a governor that doesn't allow the speed to go past a certain speed limit. It's really important to me to do what it takes and cover the gap of learning and knowledge and experience to be able to allow this company to be what it's like trying to blossom into. And it doesn't feel like an option to me. Mm. I I heard a really well-known coach one time talk about her business and she was like, I was going to go for a million, but I just don't want what comes with that. And I was like, oh, wait, what? Like, why? That doesn't feel like a healthy thing to put out into the world that people that there's all these assumptions that it has to look a certain way. What if it can be really beautiful? You just have to figure some things out. Yeah. And you've had some beautiful moments with your team since you started doing this work. Mm -hmm. You've had some incredible uh, points of connection. And your team also, I should say, for the audience is 100% remote. So there's some additional challenges of getting everyone on the same page when they're remote. And some of them are 
fractional or part-time. And you're doing really intentional work in some circumstances that part of the lift is a little heavier because you've got some circumstances you have to overcome with that. And you've recently seen some wins from it too, right? Mm -hmm. You've recently seen like some of that pay off and Mm -hmm. where you're starting to make some progress in areas where I would say a few months ago you were like, is this ever going to move? Yeah. Oh, a couple months ago, a few months ago, I was definitely thinking maybe we do just shut this down. Not because, just because of how hard, just how steep the learning curve feels and it feels overwhelming at times because everything is moving really fast in business. It's not like we get to push pause and work on a team. That is not how this works. You're working on the team and leadership and trying to handle the influx that's coming in. It's, there's a part of me that was just like, maybe we should just, that's why. Growing can feel growing can feel like drowning, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. For that reason. Yeah. And I would just say in the spirit of actionable learning for everybody, if you feel stuck, first of all, we don't often take note of the progress we have made when we see that the mountain is, is steep. Mm-hmm. We don't look back to see how far we've come up. And Mm -hmm. so this week, if you're listening, just take a minute and jot down and reflect on how far you have come because your work is paying off. It just sometimes gets overwhelming to look at the peak and realize that we've got a ways to go. Yeah. Also in the spirit of actionable, I'll say, I want, I tell everyone about you guys and thank you talking about actionable things that you can do. If you have the ability to grab hold of a partner that can help illuminate certain things and offer knowledge and experience in ways that it's going to take a long time and it would be arduous to figure that out on your own. Do it. I I wish I would have known you guys sooner. And it's just been such a gift. I truly do not know where I would be or my company would be without you guys. Oh. Thank you so much, Melissa. If you're wondering around actionable things that we've talked to Melissa about and others, it's conversations around trust, around becoming aware of who we are actually becoming. That as a leader, we go further faster when we aren't just about ticking the boxes, but about growing the who of people. And one of the resources that we use, a former guest that we had on here is Tim Spiker, he has a wonderful book called The Only Leaders Worth Following. And it's this concept of being inwardly sound and then others focused. And this inwardly sound conversation leads us to many different places. And if there are things we're holding back, if we're detaching or if we're self-protecting and we can't be vulnerable within my team, then we are not working effectively together. But when we have the conversations, bring it into the light in a safe, secure place, become inwardly sound. Just watch out for what can happen. Melissa, thank you so much for being with us today. We have loved this conversation. If any of you are curious, we want to encourage you to reach out to Melissa. We want to encourage you to listen to her first podcast. We'll have the link to that in the show notes. And more information to you on how you can continue to be grounded, which Melissa, you use the term beautiful. In order to have something look beautiful, there has to be some pruning that happens and clearing of the soil in order to make it grow effectively. And then there is that growing piece. And we are all about growing healthy leaders and thriving teams. We encourage you to join us on the next podcast. Please give us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have any questions for us, please feel free to reach out at Tara at aligntransform.com. Come on.